Hello, everybody. I am so excited tonight for our podcast. Um, I have a special guest here with us tonight. And as always, we're going to have some deep, great discussions about you and your life. Um, Hanji, I want you to introduce yourself to our audience. Uh, I met Han, uh, how long ago? I said not too long ago. But not too long ago. <laughs> yeah. The both of us were actually participating in a group called Next Level Coaching where we were both trying to um, expand our horizons and learn more about coaching and helping you guys out as much as possible. And uh, her and I have been talking a lot, and I thought it would be a great time to uh, have her introduce herself and start telling you a little bit about what inspired her to be a coach and what coaching really lights her up. And then we'll start getting into some nice discussions where we can have a nice back and forth. So, Khan, take a minute. Tell us about you a little bit. All right. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Hanji Tenenbaum. I am originally from Southern California, and I now live in Brooklyn. Um, I dove into the coaching world a handful of years ago, and I'm never looking back. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been such an amazing journey, and I think the thing that really lights me up about it is I really, really love seeing people succeed and people win and people start to take ownership and step up for themselves and just truly live into the fullness of themselves and their lives. And I think a part of what was so amazing when I discovered coaching is the more I learned, the more I realized how much sound, sounded familiar just within teachings of Judaism, how it just comes back to the ultimate truth and how, you know, just any, anything can help grow, that can help grow ourselves and help bring light into the world is just, you know, one more step to making the world a better place, make, you know, causing that ripple effect to just bring light and love and a lot of goodness into the world. You know, as I'm listening to you, Khan, you know, as, as a coach and as co-coaches here, you know, I always find it amazing that most people don't realize that as a coach, the one that is getting the coach the most is the coach, <laughs> right? Through, through, yes. Through everyone's struggles and um, desire to grow and to become more and to find more truth in your life, you're always looking within to help guide the client to where they need to grow. So I think we're the yeah. beneficiaries of that. Yeah. And at the same time, I think that that's something that definitely attracted me to coaching was having to be a client of the work and knowing that, as you're saying, that the more people I serve, the more it would push me to grow. Like you're saying, it's always it's a very symbiotic relationship. We're continually encouraging each other's growth and bringing out the best in each other, no matter who you interact with or who you work with. If it's one little conversation or even if it's somebody that you may not even work with, it just really continues to push and pull and grow and expand and all the good things. <laughs> so uh, to me, I was super intrigued by Fanti's desire to help um, single, single Jewish women. And, and, you know, 
get them to uh, find their true selves. And, Khan, I want you to talk about that a little bit because, to me, when you started talking about a little bit about your experiences and your struggles and what you find today, um, you know, helping young ladies go through their journey and what that experience is like. And I don't want to give away too much. I want you to do it because you do it amazingly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so I guess I should I, – I can definitely start with saying that the, the main group of people that I work with right now are young Jewish women in the Orthodox communities that are kind of fighting them, finding themselves waiting to get married to start their lives. And on the one hand, we have a beautiful cult, culture that – shares with us and teaches us amazing values and at the same time things don't always work out the same way for all of us and sometimes we find ourselves that within this program of what's next not everything happens at the time that we expected or hope that it will and so the work that I do is with um, inviting young women into dating themselves first really getting to know themselves, really learning how to tune into that inside voice, hear themselves, know what actually does and doesn't work for them, what drives them, what excites them, what they love, and starting to let go of the perfectionism, the people-pleasing, the comparison, the judgment, all that fun stuff that, you know, the guilt, <laughs> all of that fun right. stuff that we end up collecting and learning how to do really, really well. Just, yeah, and I think, that term, I think that term that you use, dating yourself, and I don't just think that, you know, I think it's a super dynamic for, you know, single young women, but I think it's super dynamic for everybody to really date themselves and get to know themselves on, on, on a deeper level. So talk us through that a little bit. Yeah, so it's, you know, as you said, it's something that it definitely started from my own journey of, um, you know, waiting a little bit longer until I started dating. And then once I did start dating that, you know, things went a different way than I thought. And then I met a guy who I thought was the one. And after a long time, things fell apart. And it was the most devastating period in my life. And I really had to start to look inside and ask myself these questions that I had never taken the time to do. And I was 26. And in our circles, a lot of people are married with kids already by then. So it just really got me thinking. The more that I grew, the more that I dug inward and started to really ask myself, what do I actually think? What do I actually want? What do I actually have to give the world outside of the beautiful values of, of family? And, and that whole world made me wonder that, you know, that I'm definitely not the only one going through this. And how can I now take this, these things that I've learned and these painful lessons that ended up being the most beautiful gifts, how can I share that with others? And it all starts with starting to really tune in inside, start to identify the voice that is yours, identifying your values. No, it doesn't really matter what other people think. It just matters, are you being a good person? Are you living by your values? Are you living in a way that serves the world, that brings godliness into it? And as long as you're respectful for others, be yourself. And you will continue to attract those that appreciate you and the people that are right for you will automatically be attracted to you and come into your life and then be the right ones that will support you to continue on your journey and to continue to find the right people for yourself and so on and so forth. 
So I have an interesting question for you because we do have a lot of parents. Uh, we have a lot of singles, but we have a lot of parents that listen as well. How, what, what advice would you, would you give to parents that are raising children in their mid-20s and they haven't found the one yet? And talk a little bit about the pressures of expectation and transitioning uh, an adult that might still be living at home or not, how a parent might be able to guide and support a child through that? Mm, That's a really good question. Uh, First first and foremost, I think that I can can only imagine that it's hard sometimes as parents uh, to fully trust our children and let them let them do their thing. And I mean that in the way of, I mean that in the way of, I, I mean, I know from my own experience, I, you know, your parents want the best from you. They don't want to see you struggle. They don't want to see you in pain. They just want to make it all okay and just be there for you no matter what. And on the one hand, that's amazing. And at the same time, at the same time, we know that through those struggles is how we find our voice. And through those struggles is, or unless there's, Outside of that, there's some incredible inspiration, but this is kind of where we find our voice and figure ourselves out most. So it's kind of stepping into that way of trusting your children, teaching them that it's okay to ask for help, you know, how and when to ask for help, because that's, I'm noticing more and more, something that so many people struggle with. And then I guess kind of quantifying ways that everybody can have their space, right? Ways that everybody can be heard and communicate so that you still continue to create an adult relationship with your children while, you know, keeping keeping a respectful relationship and at the same time allowing people to be who they are and pursue what they want and really expand their gifts into the world as best as they can. I think that's Did that so answer your well question? Said. Yeah, that, that was so well said. And um, the last couple of weeks, I mean, two weeks ago I spoke about parenting. Last week I gave a very deep podcast about us being infinite beings and how hmm. as being infinite beings, parents struggle sometimes with believing that the child is theirs. They're my child. And that struggle of wanting for them. I, I, I use the I use the, the line of I I want dot 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 for my child. And that line in itself is so loaded that the I might not be particularly what the child might want. Now, I know this we're, we're talking about an older child, an adult child, but it's more mm-hmm. so really honing in even when they're younger to be able to give them the space they need and the, the, the um, love and patience that it would take mm. for a parent. And, you know, being a parent of six, you know, I, find, I struggle with this myself. You know, I have, uh, thank God, I got a handful of girls and I have a boy who's seven and my oldest is 17 and my youngest is three. So we get a lot of dynamic in the house and it's, it's a lot while you're um, raising these children under so much stress and pressure. And I want to get back to the point of 
what our surroundings, surroundings expect from us. That if you're not married by a certain age, that there might be something wrong with you. And that mm. starts to take an effect on the person. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and, then, and then, you know, parents really having the patience to letting, the, letting their know their children that whatever their path is, it's okay. Yeah. If you haven't gotten married by a certain age, it's okay. You're not broken. You don't need some type of fixing. It's just that your path might be different than what we might, and this is the dangerous part, call the norm. That makes sense? Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's such a good, that's such an important point also that, you know, people do say, you know, what's wrong, what's wrong? You know, people won't say it to your face, but people will say, well, what's wrong with her that she's not married yet? What's wrong with him that he's not married yet? Or, or again, that you're saying in this way that you're not broken. You don't need fixing in a relationship and a marriage is surely not going to fix you. That just brings out, you know, challenges you in a whole nother way as it <laughs> pushes and pulls and, right, puts the heat to your feet. Um, and, it's, you know, I know some of the most wonderful people that it's, it has nothing to do with a particular person. It's exactly that. We all have different journeys in life and we all have different things to figure out and to learn and to do along the way. If I had gotten married 10 years ago, I have no idea where I would be right now, but I know I would not be the person I am today. And I love where I'm at and I love where I'm going. I truly, sincerely mean that. And I, a part of what I do is to just be able to live my life in a way that others see that it's possible and they could do the same thing. You can love where you're at and still be working toward a life that you also want at the same time, but that doesn't contradict each other. You can really, really love where you're at, love who you are. It doesn't mean anything is wrong with you or that you're broken in any way, shape, or form. I love that. You know, my, my wife went to a class yesterday, and she came back with this line that these young girls sometimes think that um, marriage is going to fix all their problems. Mm. That, you know, that, that um, kind of, I, I, I guess, she, she called it almost like a, a hospital or visiting, you know, a doctor or getting some type of treatment, like, you know, whatever struggles mm. you might have personally, that once you get married, all that's going to go away. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> You know, like there's this, there's this whole idea of, you know, okay, so, so you know, and my, my life, it's like a, a reset button and we're going to do it over and, and it, doesn't really, it, doesn't, it doesn't really work that way. Um, no. To, to, just to give yeah. you, to share with you a little bit about my experience, I got married and I was almost 30 years old. And my life took me on a long and windy road and looking back, you know, yeah, I'd love to say, you know, uh, um, I, I would have loved to have gotten married 10 years sooner looking back. And at the same time, would I have been able to have the experience, the life experience, the patience to do what my, la what my life really created for me, or what Hashem really created for me? was this opportunity to get this large scope of life so that I can now help others bridge whatever they need, to, you know, help them create a bridge and then walk over it. You know, I, would, I, I for sure would not have had the experience 
if I didn't traverse all that in my life. So I, I like saying yeah. to my clients all the time that, and this really comes back, I believe, to emunah and belief in Hashem and having faith because this dynamic of faith versus fear that we hmm. all struggle with on a constant basis is that walking into your fear, and I say this constantly, that courage is not confidence, but it's I'm afraid, but I'm going to do it anyway. And taking yes. that stance of, yes, I'm afraid, but at the, at the other end of fear comes my growth. And hmm. if we really have the belief in the emunah in Hashem, then everything that I've, everything I've experienced in my life was pre-designed. Yes, I understand there's always that conflict of free choice, which we all have. But even free choice comes with some type of hashkacha or guidance. And most people yeah. I find question, you know, could I have done this better? Could I have done better? Which is great for a learning experience. But once you start to doubt yourself, now you've come out of that spiritual, you know, uh, um, journey that we're all supposed to go on so that we can fine-tune ourselves so that we can grow and expand and give to others. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that makes that was a beautiful way to bring it full circle. <laughs> Yeah, and I know I'd love to speak into what you were saying at the beginning and then also to tie that into what you were saying just now. But this whole concept of a magic pill, right, that it's like, you know, some magical person comes along and then our entire life is fixed and we're good and none of our issues are there or, or blocks that we've ever had or fears cease to exist. Whereas I was literally thinking of this the other day, how our system is school, right, for women, then it's seminary. And then it's, okay, maybe a year abroad working somewhere, and then it's get married. And then that's the end. Whereas that is just the beginning, right? If somebody's in their 20s, you have the whole rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly also what I do is, you know, starting to learn yourself and develop those skills that will only enable you to show up better for whoever you end up with and for your kids and to live in a way that your fulfillment is not reliant upon anybody because how can you even – how is that fair to put that on a spouse or on children? And just learning really how to fill yourself up and then give in an overflow from, from that. Um, and then also, like you're saying, it's, it's, and part of that is, as you said, being courageous, right? Because being courageous is not taking action in, I don't, I don't remember who said this, somebody does. It's not taking action it, with a lack of fear. It's taking action in the face of fear. And ultimately, Exactly, as you said, yeah. that it's getting that, into that, that discomfort was, I think zone. That was Tony Robbins. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> okay, so very wise man. Um, and it's, it's just getting into that, you know, a lot of us are used to our comfort zone or hominess or whatever it is, and it's that discomfort zone that brings us to the place that we dream of or that brings us to the person that we imagine or that brings us to the lifestyle that we truly desire like you said, with, with the way that, that God has it laid out for us, and that's the way that we're going to get there, and that's the way that we can fill ourselves up, give in abundance, give in overflow, be generous, and start to call into all of these other amazing qualities that Judaism really encourages. 
Do you have any questions for me? Khan, sounds like you're back with us. Oh, I'm sorry. Where, where, where did I get lost there? <laughs> no, we, we, you, you were quoting Tony uh, on walking into your fear. Oh, uh, I don't entirely remember, <laughs> but That's it was okay. something along the lines of just tying it full circle, right? That as we do the scary things, yes. continue to do the scary things and continue to just walk into that discomfort zone instead of the comfort zone mm -hmm. is where all the possibilities open up. It's where we get to the life that we dream of. It's where we find the person that we've imagined and it's where we really open up the abundant possibilities that we could have ever created because that's, that's the God zone, right? That's where the life that God has for yeah. us that we can, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, 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 you know, I, it, it's something that I think all of us struggle with on a day-to-day -day basis where we see the life around us. And sometimes, especially in our circles, especially in the orthodox circles, you know, we sometimes follow blindly, which blind faith is beautiful when it's connected to Hashem, but a lot of the times we don't stop to question why this is so important to me and asking those mm -hmm. questions. And this is a topic that, you know, I find, you know, the first thing I touch with with my clients, and I always put a disclaimer before it, like, you know, you know, if you, if you want your life to change, then we will continue. But if you're happy in your comfort zone and your familiarity, then, you know, then, then we shouldn't continue. But consciousness is the first step for us to be able to look within. Because, like you said earlier, dating myself, spending time with myself to really be curious about my feelings, the questions I might have about the things that I do or the things that we do even as Jews or as community members. If I don't stop and ask myself, why is this so important to me, that there's a lack of owning what it is we do. There's a lack of me really mm. serving on a higher level for me to come into my own. And how would you, and here's a question, how would you guide a, a young lady who's just, you know, torn about, you know, not finding her place, not having a sense of belonging in her community, or, you know, her friends are starting to get married, and, you know, there's not a lot more single friends out there. And how would you guide a, someone who's struggling with, you know, having having a, a tough time with why me? Mm. Good question. And there's actually, I and then after that, I have a question for you based on something you just said. Okay. Um, okay. I would, I would definitely start with just tuning inward, right? When we're looking outside of ourselves and when we're looking and comparing to everybody else, we completely lose focus of what is our life, what is in our control, and where, where do we let go of the reins and trust, right? Like you said before, it comes down to emuna. It comes down to trust and faith in God. And I think really tuning inside, we're not going to compare. Let's stop comparing our lives to the person next to us. There's no competition. There's no, 
you know, trophy or achievement award or something like that. Let's look inside. Let's see where are you at with all of the other things in your life? Because, yes, a relationship is very important. Yes, there's Judaism is a very family-oriented religion. And at the same time, there is a wealth of beauty within our religion still. There is a ton, a ton of amazingly generous, good people that are tapping into all of these other things that we have, like different uh, tzedakah things, different ways of just making people feel good or bringing joy or a smile to somebody around you. And I would just say to tune into what is actually your life and then tune outward to how can you start giving and start getting out of the woe is to me. Yeah, that's so amazing. I find that um, and I'm, I'm going to let you ask, ask the question that you want to ask me, but I, I, I find that I say this often, and I've said this on this podcast many times, that depression is such an overused word today. And the way I define depression is someone who is only being selfish and somebody who's thinking about what they don't have. So what you're saying is that if I'm in a constant state of giving and thinking about others, then I will be constantly growing. Yeah, and, and you recently shared that definition with me, and it's amazing. And I think at the same time, it's also, it, there is an element, I think, of make sure that you're filling yourself up first. What are the things that you can do, right, the self-care or the self-love or the attention to what you're actually feeling that you can do for yourself, whether it's simple health habits like getting more sleep or exercising or just eating things that feel better in your body, and then at the same mm-hmm. time tuning outward and giving that way. I think it's both – It's once you're actually physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually taking care of yourself, it enables you to give more generously because the act of giving does not drain and deplete you. And it's definitely a conversation, especially where, you know, it's there are points in Judaism of giving beyond your means and, you know, giving so generously. So I'm not exactly sure how that ties together as uh, something I've been wondering about. And I would love to hear your uh, feedback on that. So, so here's here, here's my here's with with my experience with coaching so many people, is that the first thing someone will tell me, well, well, how do I find out what what fills me? You know, how do I how do I you know how do I do that? Okay, so you you right. don't want me to be anxious anymore. You don't want me to be sad anymore. You don't want me to you know be achievement based anymore. So all this fulfillment stuff, what is it that you're talking about? And Guiding someone as a coach, guiding someone to understand that your most difficult feelings, and you touched on this while you were talking about it, is that when I have feelings that I'm trying to either suppress or keep myself so busy because I don't really want to have them, they're difficult, are usually at the end of those feelings, meaning if you're curious about them, if you give yourself the time to actually feel them and ask yourself some important questions, why am I feeling this way? And search within. It's amazing how your spirit will answer if you give it the space to talk. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, that's a beautiful way of explaining that. Right? To, to be able to give yourself time. Um, you know, people, just some practical, I like to sometimes give some, just some practical ideas of, you know, journaling really works. You know, journaling, even voice message memos to yourself, writing things down, and maybe not going back to them for a while, and then looking back at what your growth has been, we are able to inspire ourselves through our own life's journey, as opposed to yeah. looking, you know, externally to everybody else's and measuring ourselves to where we are versus everybody else, but the most important thing for us to be able to find fulfillment within our lives is measure our lives against our own. Where was I two years ago? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Where was I five years ago? Of course we have, you know, we, we aspire for more and we want to grow, but we don't take the time to actually look back. We're in such a generation and time and space of everything's moving so fast that even a small thing like a, a five-minute introspection, uh, it could be a meditation, it could be a journal, it could be a voice message, a voice memo, or, you know, just listening to yourself, I find is such a lost art mm. that we search the planet. We search schools. We search, you know, like we were talking about, it might be a, a spouse that we think that's going to change our lives. It could be a financial gain. It could be that house. It could be the children you want to have. And we are so ready to um, invest so much time, sometimes uh, uh, money and, and so much energy in the hopes of finding happiness or fulfillment at the end of it that we don't take the time freely, right, without cost and not as much energy but still takes energy to look within and really yeah. allow yourself, it sounds so simple that it sounds ridiculous, to feel. Mm. Sometimes yeah. we go through struggles. Sometimes we go through difficult times. And instead of allowing ourselves to feel hurt or feel disappointment we take on so much and you know I, I want to focus back on the women because you know when you said perfectionism earlier you know women tend to be masters at keeping themselves busy right <laughs> women seem to be masters at there's another list there's another child there's another friend there's another but all that a lot of the times, not all the times, a lot of the times is just me avoiding spending time with me. Mm. And it starts, yeah. it all starts with, like we're, we were saying, date yourself. Yeah, make an appointment and spend a half an hour with yourself. It sounds yeah. strange, <laughs> right? It sounds really <laughs> weird, you know, but... Yeah, just let me just spend it, you know, let, let me put my finger on my own pulse. What am I going through yeah. right now? What's my struggles? You know, am yeah. I on the path that I truly want to be on? 
And why have I chose this path? Just to reaffirm why you started in the first place. And then all of a sudden, you start to define in more detail, definitive steps that you might be able to take to get to where you want to go. But as long as we're on that treadmill, as long as we're just running and achieving and achieving and achieving and achieving, then we rarely stop to say, where am I? And a lot of the times, and I found, you know, tons of people, you know, I'll ask someone, you know, successful people. Now, I had a client who was making a half a million dollars a month, but was so anxious, actually made himself sick over it. You know, when I say that to people, they're like, what? He's out of his mind. But for this person, it was real that for him, it was, what if I lose it all? And finding his fulfillment, what truly freed him was when he felt free of responsibility. And that creativeness that he needed to bring back to his career and bring back to his you know, the playfulness he needed to bring back to his his relationship with his wife and his kids was not found in stress, but was found in the passion of freedom that he was trying to suppress. Hmm. That makes yeah. sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. That's why it really comes back to stop and listen, right? Do you even know the sound of your own voice in your head? Do you know what your intuition sounds like? Do you know how to hear when it's happy or when it's objecting to something? And, you know, listen to Do you even know you have an intuition? (laughs) Are you in alignment with your values? Do you know how to to hear and feel when when something is off and can you identify it? Right, those conversations with yourself. Can you be honest with yourself? Is there anything that you're pretending not to know? I'm laughing because you know, back to this parenting thing and, and, and guiding a child through any difficulty, really. You know, like we're saying, you know, specifically with someone that's, you know, maybe in their mid-20s or 30s or even 40s and, and haven't found that, that one yet. But we tend to believe that we have the happily ever after scenario for others. And I tend to do this and then ask, well, wait a minute, do you have the path that you are most fulfilled? And the answer is generally, no, I have no idea. And, and right. you know, other people and children at the same time can sense that we're struggling and that we don't have all the answers. So how can we presume that we have all the answers for you? Why should I trust you to have all the answers for me? You don't seem to be having all the answers for yourself. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and it's funny. It's funny, but, you know, we have this dynamic where we truly believe that we can solve someone else's problems. But, you know, when, when we struggle with our own issues, it's always, well, what do I do? I, I don't know. I'm stuck and I can't. And, it's, and, and this is, you know, the number one, you know, the number one reason why uh, people are blocked from going to where they need to go is, the answer I usually hear is, well, that's hard. <laughs> you, know? Well, <laughs> you know, that's hard. But, 
generally, um, you know, just like going to the gym, if you're not out of your comfort zone, like you said so eloquently earlier, if you're not out of your comfort zone, if you're not in that space of uncertainty and, 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 and pushing up against it, how will you ever know what you're capable of? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's, that it's bringing to mind two things. There's a, an amazing uh, a coach, motivational speaker, whose name is Lisa Nichols. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Yeah, absolutely, but she, the secret. Okay, there you go. So she has a beautiful line that I heard her share somewhere, uh, actually quoting her grandmother, saying, you know, she subject to the effect of like, baby, your conviction and your convenience do not live on the same block. <laughs> and it's so crazy that we expect or think or assume that it would because it's exactly when, like you're saying, when you're pushed up against it or your feet are to the fire or you're, you're pushing and stretching and growing that that's where the seed gets the room to sprout, yeah. right? If, if uh, I just read something beautiful where the Lubavitcher Rebbe was talking to somebody um, who was sharing some of her successes and he responded to her, if somebody is capable of touching 100 lives and they only reach 99, they still have not fully recognized their God-given potential. Right. Right. So and it's kind I, of this... this here, let's, yeah. I, 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 I love this subject and I want to bring it back to us, the, the you know, okay. uh, uh, Jews, right? Yes. Because yes. what Hashem does for us is not all the time give us what we want, but presents us with a life's challenge so that we can see exactly that, that we are capable of getting through it. Where we think right. we're weak, we're actually strong. And, you know, right. to me, this goes back to the Akeda and, and a couple of weeks ago when we read, you know, Avraham Avinu, you know, God knew what the result was going to be. He didn't need him to do it, but he needed him to do it so he can recognize his potential. Hmm. You know, and, yeah. and accepting, accepting those life's challenges. And, you know, I, you know, I say it simply, but it's, it's, it is hard and it is, it is difficult and it is a struggle and it's, it, it is pushing yourself to that, you know, just a little bit more and, inching it out and, 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 and using all your it is not fun. <laughs> you know, but but when you when you persevere and when you put all your energies in, win or lose, succeed or fail, and those I use very loosely as, you know, I don't like to work within judgments, but people generally think that way. It's yeah. knowing that you gave your all and that you're capable mm. of it. It, it reminds mm -hmm. me of a client that I had who was married and had a couple of kids and he was struggling financially. He was at a job where he had to make like 300 phone calls a day, you know, to try to get, huh. you know, to try to get people uh, to buy whatever it is that he was selling. And he would go in on a day-to-day -day basis and he gave seven months and everybody else around him was, succeeding and he just or or right in, again in quotes succeeding but for him it was like why can't I accomplish my goal and I kept on telling him that 
you're not understanding the perspective I believe that God really wants you to look at is like, look at you. You're not bringing any money home. You don't know where the next dollar is going to be, but your mindset on a day-to-day basis is go back in there the next day and crunch and grit it out and look how much you're capable of. Hmm. Now, the interesting thing was is that he had then left his job to another job, and then he went in there with such strength and such you know, muscle that he just overcame any obstacle and became you know so um such a leader at his job and if he didn't go through those seven months of struggle he wouldn't have emerged the person that he did yeah you know so i i, I like i you know i recently i've been talking a lot about good and bad how there is no good and there is no bad and people think i'm out of my mind you know, because, because everything we do is Jews. Everything we do is Jews. Even the first seven days, everything was good. It was very good, and then and then uh, it was not good that he was alone. So everything's in a good and bad situation, you know. But bad and good is is perspective. You know, murder is bad unless I'm defending someone else. You know, right. you know, perspective is that. So we tend to judge ourselves into what's good in my life and what's bad in my life, and these strings kind of like puppeteer us, and we get lost in something as simple as I'm still single, and you know, my purpose as a young lady, for example, is I'm supposed to be a mother, and I'm supposed to have children, and you know, what else is about Yisrael supposed to be doing? And sometimes. Life wants something different for us. Right, or something in addition to that. You know, I, I, yeah, and to, to go back to something that you were saying a little bit before, and, and I know that we agree on this, is that I think it's a very Jewish belief, and I think it is the ultimate, one of the most gorgeous beliefs ever. Every single person that exists is essential to the world, or they would not be alive right now. And every single person exists with a unique thing that only they can accomplish, again, or they would not exist. The world really depends on your specific <laughs> existence and your specific talents. And then within yeah. that, yes, there is that growth. There is that push. There is that thing of you having to figure out what else are you capable of and how strong are you really. And this is comes back to the question I wanted to ask you earlier is in with this fundamental belief of knowing that you know, we can, we can do, you can have both and, right? We do all of it. God gives us the opportunities or, you know, we have our, we each have our journey. And at the same time, it doesn't mean necessarily one or the other. But at the same time, God needs us in this world to do something. So what I always wonder about or what I notice, I notice from myself, from my own journey, and I've noticed it in clients that I work with, that there's this contradiction or there's this fear of confidently, like you said, owning it fully, I think, I'm, I'm curious where you think that comes from or what you would recommend okay. for people to do around that because, you know, are people afraid of being too bright or of being perceived as arrogant or, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I think this is, a, a, you know, a key point. You know, this is something that 
I think as we get older in life, it becomes more and more difficult because, and I'm going to define it this way, owning our vulnerability in being open to shine our light also exposes us to pain and hurt. Me being my full being, shining my full wattage or my full brilliance also opens me to a lot of pain. And when we experience pain, we tend to constrict ourselves and our light, our brilliance. And it's understanding, and I, said, I think you said it beautifully, I, I just want to give a picture to it. You know, it's like uh, an existence of darkness, and it will take every single one of us to shine our light, to completely fill the light. Meaning if one of us is dim, then there's a certain area that is also dim. And I think as the Jewish people and our mission at large is we are the light of the world. We are supposed to be shining our brilliance on being the leaders, the mentors, the, the, the people that uh, truly own vulnerability. And mm. not to constrict ourselves, because when we constrict ourselves, we also constrict our emotions and the sense of being truly alive. So when we are able to own that vulnerability to, to like you're saying, you know, to be at a certain age, you know, and, and, and back to our example of not being married, right? Young man or young lady, mm-hmm. and, and you feel like you're, you're, you're not taking your space, that, that doesn't mean your light is not being shined on the world. That doesn't mean that you need to mm-hmm. constrict yourself or hide yourself. It's quite the opposite, that you have to quite the opposite. be right. You have to become yourself, your true self. And it might be just that owning of that vulnerable space, which is, you know, really hard work. You know, it's really hard to, to, to open up yourself to criticism or to share. Rejection. In our words. Very good. You know, uh, you know, in our world, we all have an image, and it might be shiduchim, it might be, you know, your education, it might be your financial status, that we struggle in such a way to share what we are having a difficult time with. But it's the group dynamic. It's all of us feeling like we're one and being open to one another that is really our strength. I say this very often. Our vulnerability is our strength. Constricting ourselves is not strong. That's weak. Strength is being able to come back to center. And as life coaches, our job personally, I believe, is to get as good as getting back to center and vulnerability as possible. And it's teaching others that it's okay to show me where you're weak or where you're struggling, because that's what makes you beautiful and unique. Absolutely. Does that answer your yeah, question? That's what makes you, sure, and, and that's what makes you you, right? And yes. like you, 
like you said, so the, the wording over there was so good where you said it's not, it's not because it's not for you. Or, or I don't remember exactly. It was just this is in order so that you can become you. So yes. good. Yes. <laughs> so good. Someone else has. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's, you know, it, it's, um, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, you know, it, 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 in my own life, I've taken so many different shifts and changes and twists and turns. And, you know, I, I said this the other day because, you know, we're human. And sometimes we do get fatigued and sometimes we are emotionally spent. And it's knowing yourselves well enough to say, it's okay, you know what, I can take that day off and I can, you know, I can just, you know, just, just goof around because I need to, you know, we, and we tend to feel that that's not adult, but there's a kid inside mm. of us too. And, and as adults, we don't, you know, we don't encourage that part of us, but that's the playfulness. That's the passion. That's the fun. You know, Tony Robbins always says, you know, as a, as a, you know, if there's a puddle in front of you, you know, as an older person, you're kind of like, you walk around it and you look at the puddle and you say, what the hell are you doing here? And, you know, now I got to go around. But when you're a kid, you kind of just like jump into the puddle and you make this big splash. And as an adult, you know, getting all muddied up, people look at you and say, they're crazy. They're out of their mind. But that's the fun of life. That's really being alive. And yeah. it's us owning that sense of expansion, that tomorrow I will rediscover a new me. And that's the person mm. I really want to get to know. Yeah. You know, we think, yeah. I, I run into people all the time. I know myself. I know myself. Well, I know myself. Do you really know yourself? <laughs> like, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you really know yourself or do you really know what you don't like? You know, because people really know what they don't like, you know, or what they do like, but they never explore the nuances of what's really them, what drives them, you know, what excites you, you know, what, what just is uh, magnetic to you that, you know, for me, I know where, where there's a crowd or where there's people, you know, conversating about personal growth you know, that, that's where I want to be. You know, I want to talk about personal <laughs> growth. And, and, you know, and this happens in different types of hobbies. You know, you might be, for a guy, you might be a sports guy and you like that sports group. You know, like we tend to yeah. lean towards one thing or another, but what's its root? What's its core? What is it in that that will help me become all of who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And, and even and even if I may, sorry. Go, go. Can I add something a step before that? Absolutely. I think even a step before that is, is like you're saying, pay attention to what are the things that you're like a moth to a flame with because not everybody is attracted to and drawn to the same thing. So I think even learning how to listen to that and not deny it to yourself and allow yourself to explore the things that you're really curious about or dive all in if it's on personal growth, dive in and have conversations about it because this will lead you to part of what you're here for, right? Because, not again, not everybody is drawn to the same things. And then you're saying get to the root of what's underneath it. And I want to shout out to everybody, stop 
analyzing how you feel every moment. Stop being this like third eye watching yourself. Well, why do I feel this way? Allow yourself to express that feeling. Stop analyzing why, you know, people are so caught up in their head that they're so far away from their hearts and their spirits and their souls. Yeah, we think a lot of us, it's like thinking the feelings instead of feeling the feelings, right? Why Stop thinking your feelings and allow yourself to feel them. So well said. You know, it's being present for yourself. You know, women talk about all the time how they want men to be present. You know, and, and, and teaching men how to be present and really, you know, own their masculinity or, you know, emotionally at least. But, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But be present for yourself. <laughs> you know, just yeah. be present for yourself. Be there for you. Live the moment. Stop hoping and wanting and desiring somewhere where you're not because you're missing the now for, oh, hopes so for something later. Yeah, this is this is one of these things that I knew that I had hit a total, a real turning point in my life when I stopped, quote, you know, FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. Yes, absolutely. So when I so when I stopped FOMOing for a life with that guy, or for a life with someone I haven't even met yet, and just started FOMOing for the life I am actually living, my entire perspective, my entire life changed. And it's the same idea, right? Why are we looking outside? Look at where we are and actually live it. Yeah, be, be here. Because this is where be you here. are. <laughs> be here, exactly. Be here. Be here now. Be fully present and allow all the parts of you to be fully present in this moment. And I think, you know, that to me, again, that, that's part of consciousness. You know, and being conscious of where you are, who you are, what you want to, you know, what, what you want to bring to the world and share that. Share that with other people because whatever you have to teach is valuable. That's the good Absolutely. stuff. You know, that's the good stuff. You know, I've had yes. an amazing time with you. This has been, believe it or not, it's, it's, you know, we're almost up at the hour here. You know, oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm watching, I'm watching the clock saying, oh, my God, you know, it's, this has gone so so fast and it's been so amazing. Um, I really, from the bottom of my heart, want to thank you uh, for, mm. for sharing with us and coming on and um, definitely invite you to come back again. And uh, we definitely <laughs> want to hear more. And uh, do you want to give some, uh, people some information? If, you know, are there any single women out there who would like to, you know, reach out to you or to talk to you? Where can they contact you? And you know, how can they reach oh, out? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, firstly, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. I cannot believe how the time has flown. So <laughs> thank you so much for having me. And this has been amazing and, and so interesting and uh, really, really enjoyed this. And if anybody is interested in learning more or wants to contact me, they can, two very simple places is you go to Instagram, which is Hanchi underscore Tenny, B-H-A-N-D-H-Y underscore T-E-N-N-Y. And just see if what's there resonates with you. And if you'd like to just start having a conversation, I'd love to connect with you. Or you can also always send me an email at coachinghanshi at gmail.com. That's amazing. That's, That's amazing. Thank you so much. This was, this was amazing. This was just wonderful. And I'm you know, very grateful for you to you know, take the time out of your busy schedule and, and, and join us. And um, 
you know, I hope that we, you know, have the opportunity to do this again. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, everybody, for your support, your constant text messaging, your emails, uh, you know, just reaching out, your constant support. You know, there's almost nowhere where I go where someone doesn't say to me, you know, you know, me and my wife listen to your podcast or thank you so much for that advice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you reach out. Uh, at, at, uh, at Jamal Coaching on Instagram, or you can reach out to me on Jamal Coaching at um, actually it's Jamal Life Coach at Gmail dot com. And as always, I'd love to answer your questions, um, you know, react to your comments, and and all of that. We'll see you again next week. Thank you, Khan. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank Good you, night. Isaac. Good night.